House committees will investigate the allegations against the president and present their findings to the Judiciary Committee. Then he's out. No. Then if there's enough evidence, the House will vote. Then he's out. No. Then the president is impeached. Then he's out. No. Then it moves to the Senate. Then he's out. No. Then the Senate holds a trial. Then he's out. Yes. Yes. Bye. As long as the Senate Majority Leader doesn't decide to dismiss the whole thing. Otherwise, he's not out. And uh, so there's another wrinkle that will drag this out. Um, The White House has just announced that they will not turn over the documents that have been requested because they don't consider this an official impeachment, so they don't have to. And until the House does a full vote on impeachment, they will not turn them over. I would assume that Nancy is going to challenge that in the courts, or she's got two choices. Have a full House vote, which she really doesn't want to do because she doesn't want all those... Democrats that won in Trump districts to be on the record. Mm-hmm. But she's got the choice of having the vote or fighting this in the court, which could take weeks. Well, How long get, would it take? You'll get emergency stays and then, um, you know, it'll get kicked upstairs in a big hurry because it's such an important question. But uh, what's a big hur- hurry? Weeks? It could take a couple of weeks. Yeah, we, I don't think it'd the, take multiple weeks. Weeks but. is good for Trump. Although it will unquestionably end up in the Supreme Court because this is. This is what they get paid to do. Oh, sure. You, you, you can't have some dope judge in Hawaii, not even a real state, ruling on this. You do you know go how they the would rule? The would they go with precedent? I, Hawaii, I, I kid because I love. They go with precedent a lot there in your uh, your, your your courts. Um, they might say, well, we've only had a couple of impeachments, and all the other impeachments, they did a full house vote. So I think that's yeah. the way we have to do it. But <sighs> you could say it's not in the Constitution. Yeah. So, I don't know how they would roll. Uh, two, I mean, because Nixon was not actually impeached. He would have been, but he wasn't. Um, two is not enough precedent to say we got to do it that way, to me. But I'm not on the so Supreme So you think Court. Nancy <laughs> declaring it an impeachment is good enough? I don't know. If, God, I don't if, know. That, if, that, if that ends up being the standard, every a Speaker of the House could say, it's impeachment now. Give me your taxes. I want right. to see them. Yeah, well, and that's where you get into the uh, smart people have to think about it for a while ground. If an official impeachment inquiry has traditionally granted really extraordinary powers to Congress uh, vis-a-vis the executive branch, well, then, yeah, maybe they do rule. No, you at least got to have a vote. One person saying it's on does not mean it's on. The flip side of it, too, from what I understand, and I barely understand this, um, is uh, uh, once you get to the official impeachment route, the whole House votes and it's officially everybody agrees it's impeachment, the other side has powers that they don't currently have. Right. To get information. Yeah. It becomes much more like a trial. The Trump side has powers. The defense side can subpoena people, too, etc. Right. Which would be kind of exciting. Oh, yeah. But isn't the Trump strategy... um, going to be to drag this out as long as possible the closer you get to the election the stupider it seems it seems to me that donald J is kind of in charge of the strategy and i'm not sure he has one specifically but if you get to next year god and you're like you know we're we're what we're, we're they're picking the candidate we're gonna know the candidate is here pretty soon and then we're gonna run yeah. it's hard to make the argument isn't well it's 100 percent gonna get to next year at this point i mean it's what october 4 carl rove was predicting a full house vote end of the year if impeachment goes forward. A vote of the cast of Full House, the show? <laughs> exactly. That's Uncle odd. Jesse. and Oh, he's leading the, the, 
the march to impeachment. He's the speaker of that house. So he's saying before the end of the year, full vote. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah, definitely. But maybe what, 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 Trump has just forced it to happen earlier. I don't a know. full vote on what? On the articles of impeachment, or to now make it a super official impeachment inquiry, as has been traditional. I think just to vote to make it a we're going forward with impeachment. But then you start with the articles of impeachment, right, to send to the Senate, and that's months. Well, right, actually writing them up and building the case. It, it, it's certainly, well, you'd think it'd be months, although if, you know, the one ambassador says to the other one, it's clearly a quid pro quo, dude. Rudy told me we got to get this before we give him any military aid. That might be enough. You might just trot that couple of sentences and couple of witnesses out and, and just go from there if you're the Democrats. It depends on the polling, obviously. But So having said, oh, no, no, this is an official inquiry. They'll then hold a vote to declare it to be an official inquiry. Well, that's just delicious. So we got to go through some of these texts because I believe this moved the impeachometer closer to midnight. At least one Nixon. Yeah, and listen, <laughs> if you if you're new to the show or whatever, we want you to know what's going on so you can make your own decision. We don't. You know, we're just we're not like a lot of shows that rush to certainty and tell you what to think and and like leave stuff out. We'd rather have you have a good, solid argument and all the facts at a more basic level. I want you to listen long enough that I can uh, continue to support my family at a more basic level. I wasn't going to go that basic. (laughs) You don't listen. Let people see behind the curtain, not into the dressing room and certainly not into the stall in the dressing room. Yeah. What's the matter? You're seeing me putting on my socks where we are now. Oh, look at him. Look at him. Uh, so going through some of the texts, this guy Volker, he is the U.S. was the U.S. He resigned last week. He is the U.S. special representative for Ukraine negotiations, picked yes. by Trump. He's a Trump guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he testified for nine hours yesterday behind closed doors, That's and then plenty. and then released a whole bunch of texts that he'd been involved with to the. Uh, the, the, the committee members and the Democrats put together a bunch of them and released them to the New York Times. And they're out now. For instance, you got this one. Quote, heard from the White House, assuming President Z, that's the president of Ukraine, assuming President Z convinces Trump he will investigate slash get to the bottom of what happened in 2016. We will nail down date for visit to Washington, wrote Kurt Volker uh, as he testified before the House and released the uh, the stuff, as I mentioned. A week earlier, on July 19th, Mr. Volker texted Gordon Sondland, who was the U.S. ambassador to the EU, as the two discussed preparations for the coming call. That was going to be the call that Trump was going to have with the uh, the president of Ukraine. Most important is for Zelensky to say he will help investigation and address any specific personal issues. Okay. Um, and you can interpret that, I guess, however you want to interpret it. Uh, days after they met with Giuliani in Madrid, U.S.-Ukraine relationship, which would include investigating the company where Mr. Biden's son worked in election interference, according to a text message that uh, the, the Ukraine guy sent back to Volker. As they were discussing the draft statement Ukrainian officials had crafted, Mr. Sondland told Mr. Volker, I think POTUS really wants the deliverable. What's the deliverable in this case? Not exactly sure. But it sure seems investigating uh, the Bidens and the uh, the server stuff as well. Right. 
And he is holding up, the, the New York Times headline is it's about a meeting. They get into the meeting more than the holding up the arms or the aid mm-hmm. that uh, Trump had sent Giuliani to say, look, you get to meet with the president if you investigate Biden. Um, if you don't, you don't. On August 9th, Volker and Sondland texted Mr. Giuliani requesting a phone call to make sure we get this done right. Then Bill Taylor comes in. He's the charge d'affaires in Ukraine. He's a That's good work if you can get it, man. I be, wish I had that job. Being a charge d'affaires. Oh, yeah. I think I'd be good at it. He's one of your career diplomats. What are the affairs we got to deal with today? I'm in charge. <laughs> he texted Soundlin, who again is our uh, U.S. guy to the EU. Are we now saying that security assistance and White House meeting are conditioned on investigations? Mr. Sondland responded, call me. As in, let's not talk about this through text. Which sometimes you do just because it'd be quicker. Sure. Sometimes you do it because you don't anybody want to read these texts. There's that. Over a week later, Mr. Taylor wrote in a text message to Volker and Sondland, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. Mr. Sondland responded that he believed Mr. Taylor was incorrect about President Trump's intentions and added, the president has been crystal clear, no quid pro quos of any kind, and urged that the two, quote, stop the back and forth by text. Well, right. He also said that the president is trying to evaluate whether Ukraine is truly going to adopt the transparency and reforms that President Zelensky promised during his campaign. I suggest we stop the back and forth by text. That sure, sure sounds to me like you want to put it in a text because you think somebody's going to see this at some point. Yeah, I want to make it very, very clear. No, the only thing I'm talking about is we want no corruption in Ukraine and we would never trade anything for it. Right. Now let's stop, stop texting. Well, what Taylor said... As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign, which seems also, cooked up as well. Which also sounds like I'm going to make this very clear, right? Because I think somebody's going to look at this text. So you did murder John Jones, right? Yeah, it's like the prosecutors told you you need that. Now tell me this: that is September the ninth. Did Adam Schiff know about the whistleblower at that point? On September 8th, Taylor had texted, the nightmare is they give the interview and don't get security assistance, as in they, they meet with the president, uh, or we, 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 we do the stuff we're supposed to do, we do the investigating and all the things you want, and still don't get the, um, still don't get the, the money for weapons. The nightmare is they give the interview and don't get security assistance, Mr. Taylor texted, the Russians love it and I quit. Which he's saying he would quit over that. Okay, but again, if Adam Schiff was feeding this guy lines because he knew of the whistleblower complaint, he knew it was a little wishy-washy, not good enough, and so he really wanted to get somebody to to say the wrong thing. So possible? I don't know that that's the case. I'm just curious. But it's certainly within the realm of possibility. This is not a crazy theory. That Taylor got a little worried that it was going, that the stuff he was talking about is going on, that there's, you know, there's strong arm in him. He gets a hold of Schiff or somebody. They say, we, we need to get it nailed down better than this. Mm-hmm. And that's when he hits him with the laying that out. This is a quid pro quo for the campaign, right? No, says the other guy. A while later, absolutely not. No quid pro Well, he responded, four, that. he responded four hours later, so he contacted okay. somebody, I'm sure, and said, whoa, wait a second. He just said this. How do I respond to this? Yeah. 
oh, he's they're they're setting us up, or he's on to something, or whatever. I right. don't know. Right. There are two people that clearly are doing a little dance there. Yeah, and I think it they sure both, seems that way. And yeah. they both know it at, right. at some point. Right. Right. Still doesn't mean Trump ordered anybody to do that. We don't know that. No. And, and listen, it's a cliche at this point. It's almost as bad as follow the money. Uh, you know, what did the president know and when did he know it? Uh, everybody in America thinks Rudy Giuliani is a loose cannon at this point. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. Well, I kind of do, Rudy. I kind of do. God bless you for 9-11 and cleaning up New York. I, th- I think your model of running a big city should be adopted in every town, city, and hamlet in America. On the other hand, in your later years, you've come a, a tad unglued. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Rudy. Well, a tad unglued, you say. And uh, as, as Trump has shown a willingness to part company with longtime advisors, if they uh, become inconvenient, I wonder whether that becomes a key a pivot of impeachment. If Trump says, I told Rudy it's crazy Biden never got investigated. I told him to get it done. I sure as hell didn't think he was going to say, we're not going to give you any security aid unless you do it. The Russian bear is at their door. I know that. I didn't tell him to say that. That's crazy talk. I'll never talk to Rudy again. If- Brady, Shut up. Okay, hold on. Shut up. If... if- <laughs> <laughs> Hit a little close to home, Mr. Mayor, huh? If he's if Trump says that, something that unequivocal, and there's nothing to tie Trump directly to any sort of quid pro quo, I think the American people think, yeah, old Uncle Rudy is a little wacky these days, isn't he? And then we go have an election. That is my prediction. The literal translation of quid pro quo means something for something, which I don't think makes sense. Why not? quid and quo... Are not the same word. Yeah, but so you think it'd be quid pro quo, quid. Yeah, or quo pro quo. <laughs> but you're not a Latino, so you don't know how Latin <laughs> actually works. But I see the words, and the words are different. But the literal translation tells me the words are the same. And I'm yeah. sorry, you're a white man. Yes, telling Latinos how to speak their native language. No, they can speak it however they want. We need to figure out another I'm word. I'm hearing than a lot of privilege here. For the a other lot of white privilege. <laughs> okay, our text line 415-295-KFTC. How big a deal is this? On the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. So we have a new sound effect we've decided to go with because we have built at great expense an impeachometer that uh, it's it's like a Geiger counter that judges how close we are to impeachment. And it's a clock when it hits midnight. We're at impeachment. Right. It processes all the news stories, the headlines of the day, congressional testimony. Even some information from some uh, covert sources. It's a very sophisticated <laughs> impeachometer. You feed it into the impeachometer and it makes a sound. Very interesting. Well, there it is at the <laughs> measure of 100 Nixons, which is the <laughs> highest level. And you get a reading, I guess. So we'll see where we are after the news. On that. Oh, look out. There's Schiff. Oh, man, turns out he's a liar. Oh, no, he's a liar. Ah, ah, ah. 
Schiff just got four Pinocchios from the Washington Post. Oh, so we'll hit you with that coming up in just a little bit. But I wanted to do this. Are you familiar with alienation of affections, lawsuits, in divorces? I've heard the term. There are still... I think I've done that before. <laughs> there, I'm a more a loss of consortium guy. But go on. <laughs> there are still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, what, seven, eight states that allow for this, where if uh, your spouse cheats on you with another person, you can sue that person, not your spouse, which is kind of interesting, but right. that person yeah. for interfering in your marriage. And here's this guy in North Carolina. It's like tortious interference. We had a deal. You caused it to go sideways. This guy in North Carolina sued and got $750,000 from this dude his wife was having an affair with. With the uh, belief that he uh, interrupted an otherwise happy marriage and caused it to come apart. I think this is kind of crazy. Does the individual have to know that the woman is married for you to be liable? I would think so. Yeah, okay. Um, but it happens more often than you would think in the United States. Maybe I'll follow up on this more because uh, some of the details are pretty interesting. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the White House raises the bar in the impeachment battle. You got Hong Kong making a major move Ooh, yeah. against protesters. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. dark stuff. And Facebook's latest face-off with the feds. Yeah, uh, Ch- China knows that we're preoccupied with this impeachment stuff, and uh, we're the main uh, conscience of the world. Right. So now's a good time to do ugly stuff, which they might be. That's coming up in the new n- n- in the news on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Nanu, nanu. <laughs> Things move so fast in modern times. Well, especially when you have a national nightmare upon you. Oh, geez, yeah, we're in a national nightmare. A national forget- nightmare is upon us. <laughs> a national nightmare is upon us. That is no less than Chuck Todd, the host of Meet the Press. Let's be frank. A national nightmare is upon us. Let's be frank. Oh, boy. Oh, and and Friday of all days. Is it it because um, the big government party, the government plays a bigger role in their lives that they make such a big deal out of this stuff? That's part of it. If Trump did something illegal, he'll get impeached and thrown out. I'll be fine. Everything will be fine. The system will work. It's not a nightmare. It'll, It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. The Constitution will work fine. I heard he's oh. the new Hitler. I do hate the whataboutism game, but if Obama had, in a press conference, into an open mic, said, hey, and as soon as Kim Jong-un gives me the dirt on my next political opponent, I'll be able to just go about my day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah some people on the right, their heads would be exploding. I would not think the world was coming to an end, though, or that it was a nightmare. I wouldn't lose any sleep over it, but that's just me. Um, I did the national nightmare is upon us. Oh, it's, that's that's clear. We have an official declaration from I, Chuck Todd. But I started this with things move so fast. So for a brief moment, uh, Trump really had the wind at his back on this impeachment thing. When Schiff turned out to be a four Pinocchio liar, you mean? When Schiff, uh, you got caught on. He had been lying all along about uh, just thank God somebody brought forward this whistleblower complaint because we'd had no idea. And he knew from the beginning. And the Washington Post gave him four Pinocchios on that. Four Pinocchios. That's full-on liar, liar, pants on fire. You weren't even close to telling the truth. Right. Um, and uh, that that will be brought up again. That will rear its head again, that particular story. He's a shifty, dishonest guy. Now, listen. At the risk of uh, pounding this theme too many times, and I know politics is America's favorite spectator sport at this point, y'all who put your faith and love in politicians, you're making a mistake. Don't do it. Hold them all at the end of your arm. 
They can be useful sometimes, but don't worship these people. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump and his aides are planning to tell House Speaker Nancy Pelosi they're not going to cooperate with the ongoing impeachment inquiry until the full House votes to authorize it. President Trump confirming this just a while ago. Well, I wouldn't mind because we have no rights. The way they're doing it, they've taken away our rights. So if they proceed and, you know, they'll just get their people, they're all in line. Because even though many of them don't want to vote, they have no choice. They have to follow their leadership. And then we'll get it to the Senate, and we're going to win. The Republicans have been very unified. Yeah, that's interesting. So he's making that angle of, look, they need to make it a full impeachment so that we have the right to also subpoena information. Which I think is fair. Sure. Democrats saying that Trump's refusal to answer subpoenas and provide documents could constitute an impeachable offense. A national nightmare is upon us. Are you aware of the fact that a national nightmare is upon us? So he's saying the very lack of cooperation is impeachable. Yeah. What if they don't cooperate in that impeachment effort? Is that then triple impeachable? That's triple. triple oh, in which case, they shoot you out of a cannon. What? The national nightmare is upon us. You don't know what you're talking about, idiot. <laughs> wow, wow, everybody calm down. Oh, boy. Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam has banned protesters from wearing masks in a hardening of the government's stance on the territory's most disruptive crisis since it reverted to Chinese rule in 1997. Yep, combined with the dying people with blue water when they yep. protest, it's just pretty clearly laying the groundwork for the dragging people out of their homes period of this. This is largely about facial recognition technology. Yep. Lamb announcing the uh, ban during a news conference where she decried the escalation of violence recently after four months of anti-government demonstrations and... In the past four months, we've seen that um, almost all protesters who carried out vandalism and violence covered their face. Yeah, and so you're you're bothered. So everybody else, you're bothered by the protesting and the violence. So now you're going to make them show their faces, which means you're even a more of an authoritarian uh, state or city. I absolutely loved her. There's a hundred percent mortality rate among people who eat hot dogs. Reasoning there. Uh, yeah, ver- all of the uh, the vandals and the violent people were wearing masks. Yeah, everybody's wearing masks. Because they're afraid of you dragging them out of their home, putting them in a concentration camp, torturing them, and or shooting them. China is asshole! That's what I'm saying. It's really their only hope and defense is to be able to stay anonymous enough to keep doing this. I wonder what the reaction will be. Once their faces are shown, they're doomed. But if you have, and it's entirely possible, a million people hit the streets in masks this weekend... What's the next move? I don't know. I'll bet that happens. They may have the biggest demonstration they've ever had. I wonder. Federal agencies are asking Facebook not to go through with its end-to-end encryption plan. So what's that mean? End-to-end encryption means make sure that only the communicating parties can read what has been sent. The request to hold off came in a letter to Mark Zuckerberg. It was signed by Attorney General Bill Barr and the Acting Homeland Security Secretary Kevin uh, McAllen. Senator, what you don't understand is that we exist to sell people's data. So, no thanks. In the letter, the department heads request the plan does not move forward without ensuring and there'll be no reduction in the safety of Facebook users and others. It also wants law enforcement to have court-authorized access to all the content to protect the public. 
That's a look at your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So uh, Trump's the guy in the White House, and there's a rumor, something about an impeachment going on. Um, meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, you got uh, quite a few uh, Yahoo's halfwits and leading lights trying to become the Democratic nominee. And I've been heavily into wagering on this. I have uh, managed to turn my $100 into $30.62. Nice job. Through my acumen. Uh, mostly Can you show me how to do that? <laughs> yeah, buy a winery. Um, anyway, uh, mostly because I bought the fact that Kamala Harris looks good on paper over the recommendations of my friends who said they've worked with her and she's a dope and and she will not go anywhere. And I thought, no, 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 no. The conventional wisdom says she is. And I lost my hiney uh, by by following the conventional wisdom. But very briefly, because we have Lon He Chen coming up in a minute and always love talking to Lon He. Elizabeth Warren is now at 51 cents for a share of her stock. Second place is Joe Biden at 22. Well, that's interesting. It's it's interesting how the conventional wisdom on that betting is so different than the polls. Right. Third well, place it's just behind the polls. I third think. place, Andrew Yang at eleven. Then listen to this. Fourth place, ladies and gentlemen, you know her, you love her, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Wow! <laughs> ahead of Bernie, ahead of Mayor Pete. Why is ahead my of neck everybody. sweating again? <laughs> every ahead time you every time you say Hillary, Sean's neck sweats. I don't, I don't know what that is. And um, your little dog too. Impeachment is a political thing. It's it's a political thing. If you got the wind at your back politically, you can pull it off. If you don't, you can't. We're going to talk to Lon He Chen. He knows a lot about politics. Coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's wrong for a president of the United States to seek help from a foreign power in a presidential election. That's not okay. But let's be frank, a national nightmare is upon us. Uh The basic rules of our democracy are under attack Uh from the president. We begin tonight with a series of admissions by the president that all but assures his impeachment in the House of Representatives. It all but assures his impeachment in the House of Representatives. A national nightmare is upon us. Has Chuck... Todd just realized nobody ever holds anybody to anything crazy they've said in the past. That's clearly true. So he's grandstanding. Lon He Chen is uh, the David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen, joins us now. Lon He, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing fine. Top of the day to you. You wouldn't think it'd be possible that we could have another conversation with you where we're at, like, a higher volume of of stuff than we have in the past but it just keeps going there well yeah i mean the volume keeps going up but it's not clear to me that it's really affecting how anybody feels you know i mean that's the staggering thing about all of this is that the outrage meter uh continues to rise and you know people who think that the president is a crook still think the president is a crook People who think the president is a savior still think the president's a savior. And it's not entirely clear to me that evidence that comes out of this current inquiry, I mean, unless there's like a dead body somewhere, it's not clear to me that that any of this matters to how anybody feels. And it's such an amazing thing that that's where we are in our political system. Yeah, I've been saying that all week long. I've yet to see a pundit I like or a a person in my personal life 
change sides. And until I see at least one person actually change their mind on this stuff. I'd... Yeah, to that point, Lonnie, I think there are two constituencies. Number one, the truly persuadables, the the traditional Democrats who voted for Trump, and also the crowd that a lot of friends of Armstrong and Getty are in. They say Trump's a loose cannon. He does stuff that just gets in his own way. But I love what he's doing, and no, he shouldn't have said what he said about the Ukraine. That was dumb, but I'd rather have him than anybody else. I mean, you've got to move those people, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you know, you, there's two different theories about why Trump won the election in 2016. Uh, one is that you had a bunch of people who said, you know, we'll give something a try that we've never tried before and see how it goes. And, 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 and so it was truly sort of a, a, a new kind of voter that came in that crossed over to vote for him. And the other theory is just, look, Democrats didn't show up. And so, you know, depending on which of those theories you believe in, that's going to drive how you think this next election is going to turn out. But, but to get to the Trump constituency for a minute, I think you're absolutely right. I think there are a lot of people who look at all this and say, yeah, I don't particularly care for the guy. I do think he's kind of a jerk. He's probably a little crooked. But at the end of the day, we have a 3.5% unemployment rate. The economy in the U.S. is doing a heck of a lot better than anywhere else in the world. And there are a number of things from Supreme Court nominations to regulatory reform to, you know, health care policy where you think, you know, I do like what he's done. So you hold your nose and pull the lever for him again. I think that dynamic is absolutely there. Yeah. And I wonder, I'd like to hear your opinion on where Nancy is on this at this point, Nancy Pelosi, if she really wants impeachment or not. Because if it comes down to a choice between Trump and Elizabeth Warren, Trump is going to win. And she might know that. Maybe maybe at this point she thinks our only hope to get him out of here is impeachment. I don't know what she's thinking. I think she is um, giving herself some optionality. I think she's going to see how this inquiry plays out. She's going to see where the evidence goes. I think what she also wants to do, quite frankly, is to give the progressive base what they want for now in the hope that if this thing crashes and burns, she's got enough time next year to resolve or to, to, to figure out how she can at least keep the House or at least figure out some way to, to, complete the, the, to, to ensure the Democratic Party doesn't completely crash and burn. So it may be the case that she's sort of giving them a little bit of rope now and seeing where it goes. But I don't think she's completely committed to this thing, to answer your question. I don't think she believes 100% in impeachment. I think she is sort of... She, she's signaling to the left, I'm giving you what you want for now. Let's see where it goes. But she could very easily pull the plug on this if she wants. How do you like her whole, she's so sad and prayerful being drugged through this horrifying situation uh, angle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody honestly believes it. Since everyone, <laughs> cute, everyone, everyone sort of knows that Donald Trump was going to get impeached from day one. That was always what the Democrats wanted to do. And it was a question of, you know, a friend of mine put it well. He said, you know, the, the, the verdict doesn't change. It's the charge that changes. <laughs> and so they have to figure out how, how to change the charge to match the verdict. And I do think some of that's going on here. And, and by the way, I don't think Adam Schiff is a particularly good front man for this whole thing. That's an I mean, understatement. Not, not, not to say that they've got better front men or front women, but he's not very good. Well, he told a four Pinocchio lie yesterday, according to the Washington Post. Lonnie Chen is online from the Hoover Institution and Stanford University. Hey, Lonnie, the White House in the last 24 hours has announced that, no, we're not cooperating with any of this stuff because it's not a real impeachment. You haven't had a vote. Um, so, so nah, 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 nah. What do you think of that maneuver? Yeah, I mean, at some point, here's the problem. At some point, they are going to have to cooperate or at least appear as though they're cooperating. Because the, the challenge is that 
as bad as what the Democrats are, are doing is optically in a lot of ways, what would be worse would be for the White House to appear not transparent because then it appears like you're hiding something. So while well, they make for, it loud and clear, we will be as transparent as your picture window as soon as they have a vote. I think that's yeah. a good strategy. Yeah, I mean, and I and I, I I think the Democrats, you know, it does force the Democrats to go on record. It forces them to do the the, the procedural elements they need to do. But you know, the, here's the challenge: if you say that, you better be willing to be transparent when it happens. And that's what I'm not sure about. Is there any chance if this, uh, you know, we're leaving out the the dead body scenario you threw out? You know, the the stuff we know now. It would. I can see the House saying, "Yeah, we got to impeach the guy." They pass it along to the Senate, and the conventional wisdom is Republicans have the votes to keep it from happening. But is there? There's a crowd there. You know Mitt Romney well. If he felt like there are other Republicans that would vote to remove Trump, I could see him saying, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's get him out of here. Start over." Are there a number of Republican senators that, in secret, would absolutely uh, jump on board if they could get together to, to toss Trump? Yeah, I thought about this a lot. I, you know, the problem is you got to get to 67, and I. So it's going to take more than just a few. I mean, you would need a, a, you know, 14, 15 Republican senators to sort of say, yeah, let's get rid of this guy. You know, I can count maybe four or five for electoral or other, you know, personal reasons. And, and the names are. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think I think Susan Collins is, you know, could be wobbly. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I think uh, I, I, you know, for some for for electoral reasons, someone like Cory Gardner in Colorado or Tom Tillis in North Carolina. Those guys have really tough reelection campaigns. But you don't think there are enough in, in secret that uh, if they if they got the nod, the secret handshake, they'd go along with it. No, I just I don't I don't buy it. I think that I think the president really has a lot of people in the Senate who aren't just with him grudgingly. I mean, I think they're, they, they, they have to embrace him more than grudgingly. Well, then you really get to the what's the point angle. I mean, wh- what are you going to get out of it, Democrats, if you go through this whole impeachment thing knowing he's going to stay in office? Well, I think it's just to make a point. I think it's to make a political point, and I think it's to have an opportunity to, do- to, to try and dominate the news cycle with negative information about Trump. The problem is that theory is flawed. You, you cannot dominate a news cycle by definition that Donald Trump is in. And so you know, <laughs> now, now, now what you're trying to do is you're trying to do something which clearly no one's been successful at so far. And, and I, I think this whole thing comes down to a giant political and messaging exercise. Right. And, wow. and, 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 and that is, I, I hate to say it, but that is the core of politics now. Well, I was going to say, Lonnie, it, it pains yeah. me. pains me to say this out loud, but there are some... Politicians who will give the base what they want, even if it's a bad idea. You think? <laughs> I've recently come to that realization. I interrupted you. You can make the the point better than I could. No, I mean, my point is simply that I think, you know, if the, the, the Democrats and people who don't like Trump have been talking about impeachment for so long that this is kind of where we're going to end up. And, and you know, I'm, look, maybe they just need to get it out of their system, whatever it is. But the reality is, to return to the original place our conversation departed from, it's not changing anybody's minds. And, and I'm not sure how effective it is unless it's changing people's minds. Because, because we've got an election next year. And the only way that Donald Trump gets removed from office is at the ballot box. And if that doesn't happen, all this other stuff is moot. Hmm. There's a good book out now, and you're a professor. You teach this sort of stuff, so you might be completely aware of this. But we did this once before. 
there were enough people that hated Andrew Johnson. They just wanted to get rid of him from the beginning, and they just kept throwing stuff up against the wall and went through the whole impeachment thing. And they just didn't have a good thing to stick to boot him out of office. They just wanted him gone. They just basically didn't like him. They, and, and that's I think we're going to do it again. Well, you can argue that's what happened with Bill Clinton, um, you know, I, f- fairly or not. I mean, Bill Clinton actually did perjure himself, but... Uh, you know, some say that really that impeachment exercise was really about people who just didn't like Bill Clinton. Um, and, and you could say the same thing about Johnson. You could say, say the same thing about Trump. Now, with, with Trump, there arguably is a little bit more here that people look at and say, oh, that's kind of that doesn't seem right to me. That doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't seem like that. You should have done that. But it, the thing people forget is you cannot conflate the legal side of this with the political side of this. Impeachment is not about the law. Impeachment is about politics. It's never been about the law. It's never been about trying to hold him responsible for a crime. It's strictly about politically. Does the Congress believe he's committed these high crimes and misdemeanors that are worthy of removal from office? And that is a political, not a legal matter. Lonnie Chen, David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow, Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford. Lonnie, great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Good to be with you guys. Thanks. That's really good, and you can't say that enough. It's a political thing. It's not a legal. Quit making your legal arguments. Well, except the the legal arguments move people uh, politically, poll wise. I'm not sure they do anymore. That's <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I think they I'm, did in the I'm, past. I'm talking about the standard playbook. Yeah, everything's different now. You got to establish it to run to set up the pass. Wow, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of months. No you doubt. You think? 